Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. My name's Chris Bowne, the editor at Hotel Analyst, and I'm joined by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst, as we gallop through three topics that have caught our eye uh, from the last week or so. Uh, we survey the world of uh, hotels and hotel investment and publish a much more detailed summary of what we're going to talk about today in our Hotel Analyst perspective for our subscribers. Now, the first topic we're going to look at this week is the fact that uh, after much toing and froing, Travelodge uh, and its UK landlords have agreed an uneasy truce. Um, the company's uh, company voluntary agreement was voted through by the landlords by majority uh, and they are now, I think, have calmed down um, after several weeks of toing and froing and somewhat annoyed sounding comments from both sides or more from the landlord's side, really. Um, things seem to settle down. However, it's not all over yet, is it, Andrew? No, it's not all over yet, but uh, um, for all intents and purposes, I suspect it is. Um, so the three owners of the Opco Travel Lodge, which are Goldman Sachs Avenue Capital and Golden Tree, they rolled the dice and thought, right, we're going to share some of this pain with our property owners. And um, it seems to me they're probably going to get away with it, actually. So... Um, they, so the CVA has gone through, the company voluntary arrangement has gone through, that that, that was um, delivered last week um, and um, we, we took a look at a few, so there's a couple of listed REITs, real estate investment trusts, which own travel lodges and as they're listed they, they um, disclose a bit more info and we've had a look at you know, the kind of impact there and the biggest one was secure income REITs and they've got 123 travel lodges. Now. Taking a look at um, what's happened there, um, they are going to lose roughly about half their rent from Travelodge they were going to get in 2020. Um, not quite as much next year, but it's, so it, it's in, in total it's 14 and, and a 14.4 million this year and 8.6 million next year um, that um, the REIT is forfeiting. Um, but the, the canny way which has been played by the um, Opco owners is that they've, they said, well, look, you know, what can we give you in exchange for us taking this haircut uh, or rather you taking this haircut on the, on the rent? Um, we'll extend our leases. And how, how this works, particularly for the institutional owners, is that if they can get a bit of an extension that makes their overall portfolio look good and the world have got some short-term pain and it's pretty significant short-term pain as we've outlined in terms of secure income REIT the, the longer term bit looks good and the mm. thing is secure income REIT only have until the end of August to sign up to get the lease extensions now technically they've got until the end of the year if they want to do a um, um, if they want to kick out they secured a break um, a one-way break and that they can kick out Travelodge Travelodge sort of can't withdraw from from the lease um, but I don't I, I suspect very very few of them will be exercised because of the canny way in which the Opco owners have have put it forward in saying look if, if you don't sign up to the the lease extensions by the end of August um, um, they'll you'll you'll lose them and once you've signed up to the lease extensions lease, lease extensions um, that negates the right they have to um, have a break 
And of course, so there also, there's also that carrot, isn't there, in uh, 2022 of potentially a little bit of extra extra money coming back in if the business does well. Um, there's a kind of a, there's a excess profit. There's a there's a pot that will be shared amongst the landlords as well. So there's a little bit of a you know jam tomorrow potentially as well. Yeah, but I, I think yes, I'll be. So what they're saying is if they get over 200 million EBITDA uh, this year, next year, and in 22 in aggregate across the three years. Mm. There'll be a bit of a payout. Well, well, good luck with that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless we, unless we get a vaccine by the end of this year, and there's um, a huge upswing in trading, and all the doom and gloom um, about the economy proves unfounded, um, then uh, you know I'd be very surprised indeed if there's much money heading the way of the, the landlords to compensate mm. for that. So um, it, it seems to me that uh, from from the OBCO perspective, they've played a pretty shrewd hand and they seem to have got it through. And I don't think they'll lose many, if any, of their sites. Um, there's also talk, of course, in terms of the, the hit, in terms of the um, you know, new signings and that their covenant is significantly weakened. But that's probably true for the next year or two. But who on earth is going to be developing hotels over the next year or two? There's not going to there's not going to be many actually coming forward, I suspect. Mm. Um, and by the time we get into a more significant development period, um, the, the, everybody has a short memory, and they start pushing for yield and the differential, which is as much as two hundred basis points. I think you talked to somebody who suggested mm. that, didn't yeah. you, Chris? Yeah. Um, I reckon that'll be all but evaporated as it did you know so we had the cva last time around and then you know um last year 2019 there was hardly any difference between a travel lodge covenant and a premier inn covenant which is given the premier inn has just carried on paying its rents um will um real estate owners learn the lesson my bet is probably not um, but <laughs> who's to know? In the short term, they'll, they'll talk a good game. But I reckon, you know, within three, four, five years' time, Travel Lodge will be pushing at the same sort of um, uh, yields as, as Premier Inn, and the Covenant will be the same. I think in the, you know, what I hope the shift does represent, um, will cause rather, um, is that people start saying, well, actually, hang on a minute. We can't have this approach of fixed leases. We need to actually have a share in the overall OPCO, or even if we just have turnover leases, let's not bother with caps and collars. Um, we just need straight turnover leases. Mm. Um, so I, I think, and I, I, you know, I hope we're going to see more of a push towards that because certainly when, when it comes to the operational real estate like this, I mean. Securing Cymru has a bigger investment in Merlin Entertainments, and that's going to be as bad, if probably worse, than travel. Yes, that's an even less secure income uh, yeah, <laughs> situation right. for that yeah, particular yeah, REIT. Yeah, yeah. Quite. yeah. And, and just like Travel Lodge, even as they open, they're going to be a frac at a fraction of the profitability, if any profitability, they were at um, pre virus. So it, it's a tricky old time, this as they come out. and. You know, as a landlord, I think you know, as a property investor, you've got to look at this and say, actually, what's the best way of dealing with this uncertainty? Well, if you're going to get kicked on the way down, you want the, you know, the the benefit on the way up, mm. and you know, the current, you know, 
way travel or just structure to this is not a huge amount of benefit for the, the landlords on the way out because by the time real profitability has kicked in that that profit share thing has gone and it, and and um, travel lodge are just reverting to what they were had signed up to to pay in the first place but i think the good news here in in terms of this whole process is that travel lodge hasn't used this as a time to dump any of their hotels and they haven't sought any rent reductions there after two years well at the end of 2021 they're saying look it's all back to what we had before the virus we're going to be on the same upward only rent reviews every five years blah 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 um, and so clearly travel lodge and the opco owners are saying look uh, this um, hospitality business is coming back um, it's going to be as strong as it ever was it's just going to take a, a couple of years to get there but meantime andrew despite what you've said it is fun to speculate for just a minute or two <laughs> about what might be going on behind the scenes because i spoke to a couple of agents this week and they have told me that they are on behalf of a, of a, of a couple of uh, travel lodge landlords running the rule over the options available to those landlords over this next five or six month period when they could potentially uh, break their uh, their lease with Travelodge. So the, the 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 tricky question is then, who do you have come into your building instead? Um, are they going to pay the same level of rent or more? What is the level of capex you're going to have to spend to rebrand your property? Um, and uh, who's it, who's it going to suit? So yeah, um, yeah. well, I, th I think there is a, there is that. I mean, I th and I think the cannier landlords, when they've got a prime property, they'll be able to use some leverage with travel lodge and say, look, well, you know, we've been made an offer on this property. Um, we can exercise our break. Are you going to up your rent or not? So landlords can use a bit of leverage there if they, and that would be a very sensible move to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I expect there will be a bit of that. Um, why wouldn't you do that actually given given how travel lodges treated the, the landlords the opcoves treated the propcos so uh, you know i i think that would make a lot of sense to do that um in net net though i mean you've got to have a pretty good offer from i don't know motel one or premier inn or whichever brand is looking to come or delatas maldron um, perhaps has been talked yeah, about yeah, yeah. maldron yeah, yeah delatas maldron yeah absolutely um um, you know, you've got to have a pretty good offer from them mm. to want to take the risk of um, having a different operator in. Because at the end of the day, most of the um, owners, you know, who've spoken about this have been pretty pleased with how Travelodge have been operating the hotels. Mm -hmm. they've, 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 they've looked at them and said, well, these are pretty well-run properties. So there's, there's not been an issue there. This is not like it's a bad opco. It's just been a... Um, they've taken advantage of the situation and so um, you know is, is Premier Inn going to perform that much more strongly than a travel lodge is Maldron going to perform that much more strongly than a travel lodge and I think he, he, that's a tough one I think if you're if you're a owner and you're thinking well actually I'm not only am I going to take that risk on but I'm going to trade in the extra lease extension which they promised me um, you know for all that so unless it's a very chunky rent increase and if, if it's tabled and it's there, I suspect Travel Lodge would be prepared to, to get close to it. So we'll see. Mm. But um, my bet, my bet, my instinct here is that there there won't be a lot of sites changing hands. There'll be a lot of, a little bit of cash spent, um, you know, with surveyors, etc., working out what the, what, you know, making a few pitches. But I think it'll, it'll probably play more to, um, 
uh, travel lodge and the, the odd owner with a superb site that um, we won't see a lot actually switching. Now we're going to have a look at the holiday park business and um, in particular spurred by the fact that uh, the Dutch operator Roompot has recently changed hands. Uh, they sold from uh, one private equity investor uh, to another private equity investor for about a, a billion euros. Um, it's a reasonable scale of business uh, based in the Netherlands with also sites in Germany and Belgium. And these are kind of uh, parks with bungalows or some kind of permanent uh, individual units to go and stay in with perhaps some central facilities. Um, and uh, KKR, the investor has paid, paid out the billion, looks like they think that there's medium term quite a good opportunity here to further grow this kind of a business. Um, and uh, it, it's, it certainly seems like it's an area where both in the UK and across mainland Europe, American investors see potential for further consolidation growth as uh, staycations remain an important part of, uh, of of what we all enjoy for a holiday. And that's not just really thinking about the next year or two, that's thinking about uh, longer term as well. Yeah, I mean, a bit like the travel lodge um, situation, I think this what this shows is that in the medium to longer term, and it's not that, when I say medium term, it's not that far away, so it's only a few years away, um, there's a huge amount of confidence in the wider travel and tourism business mm. and here in the in, in the short let accommodation space and um, and I, I think given that KKR paying what was rumored to be um, asked back in October so there's basically been hardly any shift at all um, in terms of the price mm. which is quite remarkable if that is the case um, it's there's no official disclosure so it's hard to be absolutely certain but that is certain that that is what people are um suggesting is it has is what's occurred this time around and it, you know it is an attractive business in in that you've you've got that classic situation of in the really good times you can actually sell the the caravans and chalets and that kind of stuff um and in when it gets a bit tougher you simply rent them out mm -hmm. and make your, your main money renting them out but uh, the Rumpot has, if that's how you pronounce it, <laughs> I thought it would be a Dutchy version of the pronunciation of it. But um, the uh, they're um, they, they've been quite canny in terms of evolving the business. So they've got quite a slick distribution. They've digitised the business quite well. They have a very strong direct sell element of it. They've moved into stuff like um, healthcare as well. So you could, you know, they've got facilities where if you're recovering from having an operation and stuff like that, you can go and stay in them. They've been quite smart in terms of the diversification mm. of the of of the business as well. So and and they've moved into managing parks on behalf of others. So they've got over a hundred different parks that they're they're running so they've got all of this it's it, it, it looks very much like early days of the um, um, the hotel brand companies when they were still owning real estate mm. really um, so they've, they've moved into that um, in quite a big way and they're, they're branching out into the management piece as well so I think there's a lot of potential areas here for KKR to develop and of course we've got this period now where there's going to be a number of undercapitalized players which are likely to come onto yeah, the block now yeah. I don't think we're going to see massive bargains necessarily but 
the fact that you're going to be able to do the deals and put it together is what the play is going to be here and if you consolidate enough that will just give that distribution platform even more power so I, I think I think it's quite a, an interesting one and, and does give a lot of confidence I think into the overall travel tourism marketplace so yes this is a you know this is actually a good and of course, their one of their big rivals is Landal, um, which sold from Wyndham in 2018, and is also owned by an American private equity investor. Um, so um, I guess they're all they're all thinking in a similar sort of way. And uh, well, if you're a, if you're the seller of a, of a small business with one or two of these holiday parks in in mainland Europe, then happy days. Yeah, no, I mean, it's I think it's one to watch with the ways you've just mentioned there um, in terms of what they're going to be doing in the consolidation and what KKR now will be doing through Rumpot. Um, it, it's going to be an interesting period, I think, for this, this particular segment. Now we're going to talk about uh, service departments and uh, spurred on by the fact that uh, the ASCOT, which is the uh, Singaporean uh, service department specialist um, owned by Capital Land, they've just had their best start ever to a new year and uh, they've signed up 25 new properties in the first five months of 2020 so um, their pipeline is going bonkers uh, they're obviously very strong in Asia they're continuing to grow substantially in China but they're they're also uh, moving all across the globe um, and they're on a massive growth track and of course in the last few months um, service departments have done better than hotels uh, out of the uh, downturn um, because they're kind of their style of accommodation the fact they'll be able to kind of in many territories they can flip from short term to longer term uh, deals for uh, for occupiers has meant that they've been much more resilient in terms of being able to retain their their occupancy and their income stream um, I think certainly a case of optimism is looking dangerously contagious <laughs> this week um, with uh, and Careful, you'll be smiling next. That's one of your listeners. One of our listeners told us this week, Andrew, you need to cheer up. <laughs> well, uh, you know, medium term, long term, I'm yeah. very much, uh, you know, uh, very, very much a believer in the sector, obviously. But I just think it's a very tough time. But certainly, e e this this short term piece, you know. Uh, the service departments are the more one of them the more resilient of the segments and they kind of get best of both worlds in that they're self-contained units which is the appeal of say um, an Airbnb type thing but uh, but but also they have a proper brand or a proper ma you know management company behind them a proper corporate entity behind them so they're not seen as flaky as maybe an Airbnb host in terms of how well they do the serve you know the, the cleaning procedure because at the end of the day that Airbnb cleaning procedure is only self-certified so you know if you haven't got a proper corporate behind it it's it's extremely suspect I I would suggest certainly from, from my own personal perspective as a consumer I'd sooner go with a bigger corporate that's that's promising to deliver a proper cleaning process so I think they, they get the best of both worlds there um, with service departments um, uh, it, what's interesting is that it's still tough um, so the master leaseholder in Japan is um, um, in administration or some Japanese variant of it so WBF hotels and resorts they filed for civil rehabilitation in late April um, and Ascot said it's going to have to give rent relief 
um, to them is going to have to give this is the REIT bit of Ascot um, rather than the OPCO bit of Ascot um, and the REIT bit of Ascot is going to have to give rent relief to some of the other OPCOs as well which are separate to its own state called um, OPCO um, so we've, we've got this but uh, you know uh, uh, I still think that, you know, that there's a good deal of flexibility within the service department mm. model, um, which isn't there with some other more traditional, say, hotels. So if you look at Ascot, what they've been doing, it's accommodation for people in self-isolation. They've been putting up healthcare personnel, which is something um, obviously the hotels have been doing. But actually, if you're a doctor or a nurse, you're probably going to prefer to to stay somewhere where you might you know be able to cook and that kind of thing um, rather than just a, a basic hotel room um, interestingly some other things which I didn't anticipate but which seems to be um, a, a, a significant market is uh, workers looking for an alternative place where they can work mm. from home they're fed up you know and I think this you know particular case in in congested urban environments where you don't have a, a separate office in um, within your house and this is an opportunity to get out there and do something like that if you've got a service department down the road this is a great way of, of doing that you could go and rent one of those and you've, you've got access to it um, so I think there's all of these um, areas where they've been able to to dive into um, and you know they've they've also been able to market themselves to a to, to a domestic travel market as well get to grab that staycation thing great for families um, and so forth so um, and you know the, the, the level of closure so has not been in as bad as say with a typical hotel portfolio so the uh, overall in all the, the, the properties that the REIT owns it's just 15 have been shut since the pandemic and they've already opened three of those 15 and they say they're going to be opening all of the all of their hotels so um, all of the service departments which is not something I've, I've yet to hear from most of the hotel operators where um, I think it was IHG um, this week have said we've got 90% open there's still a way to go yet um, you know in terms of opening all the properties so um, and I suspect there'll be a lot less so with the big brands but there'll be a lot of properties that won't be opening um, simply because they're, they're just not going to be viable within this but I'm dangerous <laughs> yeah. so let's stop there and say actually um, you know th this is this is looking a positive thing and um, Ascot was quizzed um, the REITs again was quizzed on whether they think there's going to be a lot of consolidation opportunities and their answer was no there's not going to be um, they said there's there haven't been any significant change in transaction prices um, and unless they said is the pandemic is long drawn out um, they don't anticipate seeing distressed prices out there which is an interesting one I think um, for some of those um, huge mounds of dry powder we keep hearing about you're going to have to be prepared to pay reasonable sums and um, you know do a kind of um, have a wider strategic angle on, on your acquisition policies it's not just a case of being able to buy low and sell high in a few years time you're still going to have to um, do a lot more heavy lifting than say was the case in the 1990s and on that lack of distress and as we even all break into smiles here we'll say goodbye